not being seen. Amen. Good. Good. I am Pastor Donnie Wilson. This is my family. Uh, Donna right here, my beautiful wife of 22 years, 21 years, 20 years. Next month will be 22 years, 22 years. Yeah. 21 next month. I know this is my wife. So it is Donnie. That is good, right, Melissa? Donnie and Donna. That works out good. And then my oldest daughter, Lily, is in Chile. Lily in Chile. Got that, Lily in Chile? She is uh, there for the summer uh, working with a missionary. She's 17 and a, 17 and a half. Whew. And she's there for the summer. We just dropped her off. My wife just got back from there and uh, praying for her. We were, this is our first family trip without one of our kids. It's so weird. Anybody ever have you experienced that? We uh, were driving. Well, we were getting packed up on Saturday Saturday morning, and I kept going, Lily, cut! Lily! Because I'd be telling her to finish the dishes and, you know, stuff I didn't want to do mostly. And I had to do it myself. It was awful. Then I have my oldest son, Ian, 15, right there, and uh, my beautiful youngest daughter, Violet, and my redhead, Chandler James Wilson, right there. He he pretends to be shy, but look out. He'll be coming around and collecting money and, and uh, crawling under the pews here in a minute. And all that. I'm so glad you're here for Sunday school. I'm looking forward to the time together today. I have known your pastor since my college days back in 2000. 2000, yeah, back in 2000. Maybe before that, 97, I think. 97. I had to think about that. I can't do math very good. I had to take off my shoes. I pastored at, in Moreno Valley as a senior pastor for six years. This past May, six years. I was the youth pastor there for 16 years. So the pastor. Before me, we worked together for 16 years, but I have only known two pastors in my entire life. The pastor before me, his name was Jim Preston, and uh, I got saved under his ministry in Colorado. My dad was his assistant pastor growing up, and then he left Colorado and came to California. What was he thinking? And, uh, and then, hey, don't don't be, you're, you, I, can see the, I can see the longing in his eyes to leave California. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be one of those quitters. Don't be a quitter. I've heard that. Don't be a quitter. Stick and stay. Make it pay. Amen. That's good. That stuff. I got it. I mean, it's going around. It's like a bug. It's like, it's like a pandemic. Leave California. Amen. That's all right. You all leave. I'm going to stay and be on the front lines. I'm on the front line, right where God put me. Fight and battle. And you guys go to Montana and do whatever they do in Montana. Oh, wait, isn't that where your pastor is right now, Montana? He is. I think he is. No, I'm just kidding. I love him. He's great, Kyle and Cammy. Kyle, I have two memories of Kyle and Cammy. Uh, I, ha- I, whenever Cammy was out of town, uh, the kids were little, little, or not even there. He would have a bunch of the guys over the house. We'd have hot wings and watch the football game. That's, that's when you're a college guy. That doesn't get any better than that, right? Some food and a real sofa, not a stinky dorm, and uh, and uh, and uh, just a. I don't know why Cammy put up with us. I'm sure we broke more than we should have or ever did. And then I remember we had a Life of Christ class, Dr. Halk. It was a room this size or a little bigger maybe. And there was probably only 40 or 50 students, and we all had to sit in the front rows. And it had the big double doors like because it was an auditorium. And uh, Brother Halk was the most boring teacher in the whole world. It's okay. You could say that. He, he would He would admit it. He's a great teacher, but... He's one of these, wah, 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 and the whole class was halfway asleep. 
and Kyle was late, which he's, I mean, he's not known for being late, at least. I've never known him to be late, but he was late. Probably one of those mornings with the kids, you know, ever had any of those mornings with the kids? And it's 10 minutes in the class, all of a sudden the back door is kaboom, you know, the big crash. Boom, both doors. <laughs> Kyle, books, all the way to the front row right here, sits right down. Boom, I'm sitting there looking at him right next to him. I'm like, he says, if you're going to be late, own it. <laughs> I earned it. I learned something from your pastor from then on, and we've been friends ever since. Honestly, in 2020, we had, we'd kept in contact just vaguely, but in 2020, I reached out to some guys and just started texting him things were ugly, you know, yeah, and uh, he's one of those guys that responded, and we kept talking and texting and sending dumb memes and laughing and crying and praying, and when all of that ugliness was going on, he was a breath of fresh air to me. And uh, I'm grateful that he, I can be here today so he can be away and get uh, a breath of fresh air. We all need it. We all need it now and then. Make sure and let your pastor know, just so he doesn't think you're freaking out and running away or leaving California. What was your name again? Chris. I'm going to pick on Chris all day. Let's make a vote on that. All in favor, say aye. Oh, the hands in the back went up fast, Chris. I don't know what you did to the guys in the back, but they are against you. It is good. I love it. I just love being in church, don't you? I love being around God's people. The world has gone nuts real quick, and it's okay because I'm a nut too, but I'm screwed on the right bolt. So that's the trick of being screwed on the right bolt, and you're here today and in the right place. Let's go ahead and get our Bibles out. We're going to jump into uh, a lesson I had thought about and I thought would be good. Just real practical. Is that okay if I get real practical this morning? Something that I think we can all work on and put into practice here. Anybody ever need forgiveness? Yeah, yeah. Moment by moment. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a divine thing, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to give and an even greater thing to receive, isn't it? Uh, we've all made mistakes. I've been married for a while. My wife has never had to apologize to me. I have to apologize to her moment by moment. There's a tombstone in New York City with just one word on it. It says, forgiven. And that's enough, isn't it? It is enough. Apo, meaning from, and hemi, meaning to send, are the two words that combine to give you the word forgiveness. Apo, from, hemi, to send. The hemikuda is to send. Anybody a car guy in here? Nobody? Okay. It means to send away or to send from. It means sin's punishment and broken fellowship is put away. It means dismissed, canceled. Three truths this morning we're going to talk about. One, three truths about forgiveness. Jesus forgave me. Aren't you glad that Jesus forgave you? If he didn't, let's talk about it here in a minute. I'd love to show you from the Bible how he forgave you. Number two, I, I am to forgive others. That's a hard thing. That is a difficult thing. But it is close to being like God because he forgave us. And that's number three, I am to seek forgiveness from others. Number one, to, Jesus forgave me. Number two, I am to forgive others. Number three, I am to seek forgiveness from others. From others. I want to look up a bunch of verses and uh, just kind of give you a quick overview of kind of forgiveness, the magnitude of God's forgiveness, the, the, 
the enormity of his forgiveness in our lives. It's a small thing for a creature to forgive a creature. It's a big thing for a creator to forgive a creature. Anybody ever been bitten by a dog? It's a big thing to uh, forgive that dog and move on and not put it down, isn't it? My son, my oldest son, got bit by a dog in the lip when he was young. Got stitches and a mess. And he was just being a boy and in his face a little too much. The dog nipped at him. Some people said, put the dog down. You know, that's a pretty normal thing when that happens. My son learned a lesson, amen. And don't mess with the dog, amen. It's a big thing to forgive. Isaiah one eighteen says, Come now, let us reason together, say the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I'm glad that the Lord put his scarlet sin, scarlet blood over our our sin. Aren't you glad for that? Our righteousness is filthy rags. You've heard that. If we got what we deserved, we would all be in hell. God wants to forgive us. Psalms 103.12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so hath he removed our transgressions from us. I have kids that are still young, and uh, we get those big erasers. Do you remember those big erasers? Those real big ones. Or those big ones that you put on the end, the extra on top of your pencil, right? I'm glad that God has nothing but big erasers. Nothing but big erasers. He's just looking at Chris. I'm picking on Chris now. And just going, erase, erase, erase. He needs it, doesn't he, Melissa? I just get the picture. There's only two names I can remember, amen. And Ray, right here. Isaiah 38, 17. Behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sin behind thy back. That's interesting that God says that he cast all my sin behind his back. Forget about it. It's gone. It's done. A man said, what if God turns around and sees your sin? Theology of a little boy. When God turns around, his back turns with him. That's good. Something about those little kids, the innocence of it, isn't it? They, I'm glad for forgiveness. Let's look at Matthew 18. We're going to jump into this and do some work in Matthew 18 this morning. Probably a somewhat familiar passage to you. Matthew 18 and verse 23. The Bible says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto certain king, which would take account of his servants. Verse 24. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Make note of that, 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and his children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. That sounds rough. Lose your kids. Wife. Verse 26. It's like going to the gas station today. Sorry. Verse 26, the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Oh, I love that. Have patience with me. Please, Lord, have patience with me. Anybody on that one? Please, have patience with me. Verse 27, then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion. I'm so glad that the Lord can be moved with compassion. 
and loosed him and forgave his debt. Does anybody know, anybody know what a talent of silver is worth or a talent of gold is worth? Generically, in our today, and that, this is not counting recent inflation, $2,000 for one talent of silver, a talent of gold was worth around $30,000. So by the estimation of these, today's money, this man owed between $20 million and $300 million in debt. This is not just to, you know, go out and get a side job and take care of this. You know what I mean? This is, this is serious, serious debt. This is California debt, man. This is American debt. <laughs> this is credit card crazy debt. There was no human, humanly possible way that he could pay this debt. So the master, this says he was a great king in the kingdom. He had the wherewithal to forgive that debt. That's amazing. The debt there represented one heck of a sin. One big debt. What a great forgiver we have. The precious blood of Christ on Calvary paid for our sin. Let's look at verse 28. We'll keep going. Verse 28. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants. So the guy that just got forgiven went out and found a fellow servant, which owed him a hundred pence. Think about that. A hundred pence. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest me. This guy is real nice, isn't he? Just took him by the throat. You take me by the throat, we're going to have a problem. Amen? I'm not much of a fighter, but we're going to have a problem. Verse 29, And his fellow servant fell down at his feet, sounds familiar, and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, hmm, and I will pay thee all. Does that sound real familiar? Verse 30, And he would not, ouch, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto the Lord all that was done. Then the Lord, after that he had, had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Should not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I have pity on thee? Boy, isn't that the crux of the matter? God had pity on me, but we sometimes forget to have pity on others. We forget that this world is acting and reacting in sin. They're nothing but lost sinners, and there's only one way for it to get better, is for us to have forgiveness on them, to show them the word of God. The, the sin debt that was paid by God on us is the same thing could happen on them. This guy forgot that. Here, here's the interesting thing. Does, do you know what a hundred pence is worth? Do you know what one pence is worth? One pence is worth about $17. This guy owed about $17. That's it. $17. I mean, to owe anything is a bummer, anybody, right? But $300 million versus $17. I want to be in the $17 category. Anybody? Yeah, yeah. I want to be in that category. I mean, we, we, we get a second job, collect a few cans, and get that thing figured out. Sell a kid something. But... I'm joking now. Come on. I joke a lot, so just don't take me too serious there. The man in debt owed almost nothing. He forgot. $17 forgiveness of debt. That's a kind of a picture of us, isn't it? If God can forgive us by crucifying his only begotten son, can we forgive someone who has done us wrong? 
Righteous anger is an interesting thing, isn't it? My, it seems like my anger is always righteous. Anybody? But your anger is never righteous. The problem with that is the definition of righteous is my righteousness and not above. It's God, it has to be God's righteousness. How can God go into the temple and, and toss over tables and be righteous in his anger because he's God? How can I do that? I probably can't. I probably, well, what about those that take advantage of little kids or those that uh, destroy the homeless people? Well, that's an awful thing, but still, there's a fine line between my anger and God's anger. He is holy, righteous, just, and perfectly balanced in all those things. And I am perfectly a mess in all of those things. I try, and I walk, and I walk with the Lord, but, boy, I let my emotions control me sometimes. My carnality gets involved, and and then I react. Anybody? I react instead of pausing and remembering what God did for me. Well, he died on the cross paid for my sins. What, what, what right do I have to be mad at anything or to not forgive anything? You say, you don't understand, Pastor, what God went in my life. I don't. And I don't want to. All I want you to do is to pause and compare it to what God did for your sin. Whatever that person or circumstance came into your life, I'm not saying we forget it. I'm not saying we wash it away. We don't get help. We don't confront what needs to be confronted. I'm just saying... We can't hold on to it. Whatever it is, we've got to let it go because it'll make us bitter. It'll destroy us from the inside out. And that's what that person or thing, that circumstance has caused to design in our life. It's going to destroy us. Satan wants it to. Our carnality wants it to. But God doesn't want it to. He wants us to see the forgiveness that he gave us as his sons and daughters and pause and go, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. If God can give, forgive us, okay, we might have to work through it. I'm going to give you some time. We need some time. I'm not God. <laughs> I'm going to give you some time, but we need to forgive and move forward. Jesus, our example in Luke 23, 34 said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Dear Lord, he's on the cross. And he's looking down through eternity and he's seeing Donnie Wilson and his sin and my son's sin and his son's sin. And he's seeing my dad and my granddad's sin. And he goes, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's seeing that Roman crowd. Crucify him! Crucify him! Give us Barabbas! And he says, forgive them? Not me. I'd been like 10,000 angels and a couple of lightning bolts were done. Anybody? That's like me on the freeway. Don't get around, okay? That's it. That's it. But he says, forgive them. The phrase here in Luke 23, Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do. It's linear, which means it keeps repeating over and over. It's a lifestyle of forgiveness. That's what Christians should be, a lifestyle of forgiveness. That's a tough thing to swallow sometimes. I'm not going to argue with you. That guy, I got to forgive him. I would rather spit in his face and kick dirt and never see him again. All that does is hurt us and our Christian testimony. And the natural man, anybody in this neighborhood could do that. But to forgive like God would forgive, ooh, now that's something that is hard to come by. You see that, it sticks out in the crowd today, doesn't it? When a guy says, I forgive you, and they make friends, and they don't have to hang out and go to the beach every day, but they can move together forward. 
Mm. In California, people are going to go, that's not even possible today. Well, how did that happen? That's a, let's just call it miraculous. Is it not? Because it is. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for our sins, it's miraculous. It's miraculous that anybody in this room is going to heaven. Is it not? It's an amazing thing that, we, that he would love us that much. And to, to reciprocate that, that on others, lost or brothers and sisters in Christ, is miraculous. Is what God would want us to do. Want us to do. Someone said, he, will, he who will not forgive burns the bridge over which he himself must one day travel. Because you know what? <laughs> Tomorrow I'm going to mess up. And I'm to ask for forgiveness. Right? It goes around. I'm not going to sing it. The circle. No, that's not right. There's a quote that says, To err is human, to forgive is divine. Ever heard that? To return evil for good is devilish. To return good for good is human. To return good for evil, it's godly. Right? Turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. That's a tough thing to do. How often do we forgive? How often do we forgive? Look at Matthew 18.21. 18.21. I think my watch stopped. What time is it? Is it already 10 o'clock? Hokey mokey. We did not even get into this. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said unto him, Say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Jesus wants us in the habit of forgiving quickly. You know that passage. Seven times seven, all that. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. We are not to be easily offended. I'm not going to preach this. I thought about it. I have a message on this passage, Psalms 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing. Have you thought about that? Great peace have they which love thy law. So it all depends on if you walk with God. Do you love the word of God? If you love the word of God, it's almost impossible to be offended. That doesn't sound like most churches I know today. Most churches I know today, everybody's offended about everything and all the time. And it's because they don't love God's law. Can I? That hurts, doesn't it? Do you want to have great peace in your life? Love God's law. Right? Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Boy, the world today is offended by everything. You sneeze wrong. You have the wrong color of skin. You, you're not the right height. They're too skinny. You wear the wrong color. You're just offending everybody. Christians should be the least offendable people in the world. It should be the first one to give up the seat, the first one to give extra, the first one to say, you take it, it's okay. First one to do whatever is possible to, to not offend and, and make it right and to forgive. Great peace. Of, we don't love God's law like we should. Ouch. And I say we. I'm going to sit right here. Me too, okay? I get, I get there. I, I've been there. I've been offended, and I shouldn't have been. And I haven't been walking with God. Many times, immature people imagine offenses unintended. Have you ever had that happen? 
Immature people are offended by everything. And I, I happen to think 99.8% of the world is immature. Anybody? <laughs> Chris, I love that. He's like, boom. How do we overcome that? Love God's law. If you love God's law, that guy at work that drives you nuts, you will never be his best friend, but you will be a witness to him. And you will not be offended when he says the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life. Right? You're just going to have compassion on him, invite him to Shadow Mountain Baptist Church once again, and maybe pray for him right then and there so he's watching. (laughs) Because that guy might be married, poor girl. Just saying. He might have kids. He definitely has co-workers. Let's not get our feelings hurt. Amen? Let's be above that, like God. Joseph forgave his brothers who sold him into slavery. Anybody sold their brother into slavery lately? Joseph got over that. I think we can get over. He took my parking spot. He sat in my seat at church. Americans are kind of whiny, aren't we? Kind of babied. Esau forgave Jacob for stealing his birthright. Wow. That's a forgiveness. Have you read that story lately? You should. You want to learn how to raise a family? You should read the story of Jacob and Esau and all that. That family is such a mess and God still used them. Stephen forgave the men who stoned him. And I'm not talking this kind of stoning, okay? I'm talking about he got rocked to death. Yeah. Your pastor's never going to ask me to come back again. <laughs> Are we recording this? Amen. Oh, man. Jesus forgave those who crucified him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What are we to forgive? So those are some examples of how often to forgive. So what are we to forgive? Has someone mistreated you? Has someone physically or mentally damaged you? Has someone spoken destructive words? You know, remember that that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt? Boy, I'd rather have sticks and stones thrown at me all day long than somebody hurt me with words. Anybody? I get over. You put a bandaid on it, put it, walk it off. Put the, my dad used to say, rub some dirt on it and walk it off, boy. But you, you use those words, husbands and wives, oh, they can cut, can't they? Those words can cut and hurt, and they can fester. I'd, I'd rather my wife beat me, which she does now and then, but <laughs> I'd rather that than her to cut and say, yeah. We must learn to forgive. Better to be the hated than the hater. Did you hear that? Better to be the hated than the hater. Better to be the criticized than the criticizer. Let's be careful. Grandma used to say, you can't say anything nice? You had a good grandma. Don't say anything. That might include, hello, social media. I guarantee it does. Let's use that thing for good and not evil. The rest of the world is going to use it for evil, and they are. But let's, let's, if you can't say anything nice, let's get off that part of that. and Maybe even confront that person one-on-one would be a good biblical way to do it. You know, Ray's on there, and he's putting da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I don't know. 
Chris comes over and says, Ray, I don't think we should be putting that kind of stuff on our Facebook or Twitter bird or I don't know. I hate all that stuff, but that's okay. That's my opinion. Once again, yeah, better to be cursed than the one who curses. Better to be hate hated than the hater. Better to be criticized than the criticizer. Better to be cursed than the curse the one who curses. Once you taste the heavenly manna of forgiveness, you will never be satisfied with the garbage and leftovers. Listen, of vindication, vengeance, and retaliation. That's the garbage, the leftover. That's not even the good leftovers. That's the stuff with the fuzzy stuff on top of it in the back of the fridge. We don't want that. None of that. We are to forgive trespasses. Trespasses mean people who infringe on us. And do we get taken advantage of? Do we get infringed on sometimes? I think Jesus did too. And it says forgive debts. That's financially. Evil thoughts of the heart towards us and sin. What are we to forgive? That sounds like almost everything. That does sound like everything, doesn't it? I don't understand the circumstance you might be going through, okay? But that's what the Bible says. And that may take some time. I'll give you leeway. We're human. But let's let's work towards that, amen? Let's not forgive. Let's not for let's not hold on to that thing. Let's let it go. Let's let's work through it. Face it. Deal with it. How? That's a good question. How? How? Ephesians 4.32. Let's look at it. Ephesians Bible says in Ephesians 4.32, and be ye kind one to another. Just pausing there, that would be a that'd just be a great thing to apply, huh? Just be kind. The world has lost kindness. Just basic kindness. Holding the door for one another and in honor preferring one another. Just just be kind. That might that could change a lot of things, couldn't it? You say, but I'm only one person. Well, let's start there. Grassroots, amen. Move on. Start with your family and your kids and, and the ones that you have influence over and then see where it goes. Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. But we need some tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. How? How do you forgive? Do it as a favor to Christ. Can you do that? Say, that guy does not deserve my forgiveness. No, he doesn't. But God, the Heavenly Father, is asking you to do it. If he's asking you to do it, what are you going to do? I would hope you wouldn't look God in the face and say no. But we do, don't we? We do. Not that guy, Pastor. That guy, mm, you don't understand. And he or she or they, mm, her. Yeah. He's saying it on the cross. He saw that. Do it as a kindness, as a favor to Christ. If Jesus asked you to forgive, you would do it. Number two, recognize the offender as God's agent to work on you. 
Pause and think about that. Recognize the offender as God's agent to work on you. Sometimes God puts those irritating people in our lives because we need them. Anybody? Don't point at your wife like that. That's messed up. That's irritating people in our lives because we need some sandpaper to rub some of the, the rough edges off of us. Anybody? That guy at work, that that aunt or uncle or cousin or whoever it is, they they are God put them in our lives just just to see if we're going to walk with Him, if we're going to uh, face them the way God would want us to face them. Joseph told his brothers as he forgave them that God meant it for good. Joseph was realizing, Reuben, what a great guy, his brother, older brother Reuben. Hey, let's not kill him. Let's sl- sell him into slavery. What a great big brother, amen. Ian, don't you be like that, okay? Don't be like that. And then they come and they end up, Joseph ends up saving the whole family, you know. And they're afraid he's going to off with their heads and he had every right and the power to do it now. And he says, no, I saw what God was doing. God allowed that to happen in my life. Isn't that amazing? I mean, if you walk out of here just remembering that Joseph forgave his brothers and recognize that irritating annoying thing in your life is probably put there because we need it. If we look at life that way better, we're going to handle things way better. We're going to deal with things better. We're going to move forward better. And people around us are going to want to be around us because like, wow, look at that guy. He handles that so well. And we could go, to God be the glory, not me. Because I don't like that guy. (laughs) I have a hard time with him. But I'm going to forgive. I'm going to move forward because it might be just what I need. It probably is. Anybody? Probably is. Romans 8.28, and we know that all things, even that person in our life that is annoying, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to my purpose? No, it says his purpose. Remember, this is in our life. It's God's life through us. Whatever God allows, I've been reading through the book of Job. That guy, wow! That guy was great at this. I mean, in one day he loses everything. And that'd be enough for me to quit. And then his friends sit there for seven days quiet. Only thing they did right the whole time. The next 40 chapters, they criticize the guy and say, you messed up and you aren't working with God. And finger, 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 finger. And all Job does is say, well, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He cursed the day he was born. Fair enough. I could give him that one. But that's it. And in the end, God blessed him, didn't he? Even if God hadn't blessed Job in the end, what do we have to look forward to? The worst that can happen to me today is what? I go to heaven? Oh, shucks. Doggone. They can have my mortgage. Amen? Go for it. Do it as a favor of Christ. Recognize the offender as God's agent working on you. Number three, (laughs) this one's tough. Daily. Daily. Never go to bed with ill feelings towards anybody. If you let that thing build up, it gets harder. A lot harder to face. I guarantee someone in here has had some offense in the past that has not been forgiven. And If you're getting convicted right now... It's going to be hard because it happened so long ago. 
Maybe you have lost contact with that person or whatever. Or they're still in your life, but the wall has been built. Jericho. You can march around seven times. It ain't coming down. Anybody? Daily. Don't let it build up. Offenses with friends and family. Offenses with God. Get it taken care of. Number four. Who, this is always always the question in the church. Who is the one that is supposed to approach? So if there's been an offense and there needs to be forgiveness, who is the one that is supposed to deal with that first? Well, he offended me. I'm going to deal with it. You need to deal with it. That's what usually happens. He offended me, so he needs to come to me. Well, the Bible says in Matthew 5, does everybody know this one? Matthew 5, 22, 23, sorry. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, Leave thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. The stronger person has to take the lead. So if you're the one that God has placed it on, on your heart, then you go do it. You say, well, I don't want to. Well, neither do I, but you're the stronger person. God put it on your heart. Go do it. But he offended me. He's the one that caused it. Well, it don't matter. You go do it. Because what happens if you don't? You become the bitter because you know, go deal with it. You say, Pastor, that's hard. Man. The Bible never said that Christian life was easy. It's easy. Well, it's not. Go out and do it. Be the stronger. Go do it. Here's the next one, number four or five. Pray for them. You want to you wanna hate somebody, start praying for them. You'll love them overnight. You'll hate, you'll hate them. Bible says in Matthew 5:44, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. That sounds like a coworker, doesn't it? Did you pray for him consistently? I had a kid in my youth group. He's uh, gone now, but when I was a youth pastor for 16 years, this kid Adam, he was smart. His family, good church family. Smart as whip, quick with the mouth, though, and quick against authority. He was just one of those kids that just against authority. And I was a young youth pastor. I made mistakes. And he was normally right in what he was saying to me. He just wrong attitude, wrong approach. He sounds like an immature kid, right? And he was, like, quick. And I, oh, man, I hated that kid. One time he did something. I could have I strangled him. His dad would have let me because that's what his dad was. And I went to pastor. I said, that kid is out of these group where I'm done. Or I, I went to pastor. And pastor said, you know what? Go over there and get him a $30 gift card to get Starbucks and start praying for him and take it to him. I said, no way. He said, you do it or you're fired. <sighs> you know what? I love that kid. He committed suicide like two years ago now. He wasn't a kid anymore. He was married wife and PTSD from Iraq and stuff, but I learned to love that kid. And I hated that kid. Oh, I hated that kid. But you know what it took? A gift card and a lot of prayer. And a, a godly pastor to put a gun to my head, not really, and said, you do what's right. Or you're done here. You do what's right. It's hard. It's hard. I didn't like that kid. I didn't want that kid around. And he was convicted. He was right most of the time. This is wrong in his approach. His mom's in church probably this morning. Every time I see her, I hug her and say I love her. Wish her 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 son's in heaven, but wish he was still here. 
I'm glad I did the right thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Because, boy, the guilt now, now that he's gone as a young man, that would have been so horrible. Doesn't always happen that way, though, okay? I'm glad I did this time. Last number six. I already gave it to you. Give them a gift. Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The person you don't like is the one you lavish with gifts. Why? Because it'll change your heart. It does do that too. It does do that too. That's in Proverbs. Yeah. yeah. It'll bring conviction. When he's cutting you, it will. Oh, I like that too. That's good. Lastly, it's a command to forgive. It's a command to forgive. Let me read you a couple of verses. Matthew six twelve, and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. Matthew six fifteen. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I need forgiveness, amen. Mark eleven twenty five. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you and your trespasses. Got to forgive. Colossians three thirteen. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against you, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Do ye. We win by tenderness. We conquer by forgiveness. Frederick Robertson said that. Let's be careful of Matthew 7, 3, and I'm done. But Matthew 7, 3 says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in our own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote of thine eye, and behold, the telephone pole, the beam, is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite. He's not mentioning any words, is he? Thou hypocrite. First cut out the beam of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. We are keen, quick to notice offenses in others, aren't we? But our own offenses are blurry. Let's be careful. What do you say? What do you say to someone that is a hurting person? Be humble, take full blame, and ask for forgiveness. That's good marriage counseling, amen, guys. Humble yourself. Take full blame and ask for forgiveness. That's it for this morning. I hope that's helpful. I think it is. We all need forgiveness and we all need to give forgiveness. And if we're going to walk with a God, we've got to forgive. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the time together. Well, thank you for this wonderful church and the good reception this morning. The attention and uh, the soaking in your word. I pray that now we wouldn't just sit and soak and sour, but Lord, I pray we'd take this out here, out of this building today and and use it for your glory and honor. Whatever it takes to do it, do it. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Right on time. Look at that, Marcus. I get it. Is there a bonus, a signing bonus or something for that? Yeah. Right on time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.